0: Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two Kofefe Champions League qualifiers. What's up, Sarah and Jean? Hey
1: Dave. Hey Jean. Um. Hey Concacaf. Concofo, cup. Conca- I would Concacaf. Concacaf. I, I mean, I can stare at it and still not pronounce it right. Like, if someone, ha- like, offered me, like, Sarah, here's $300. Pronounce it right first shot, <laughs> i just be like, keep your money. Keep your <laughs> money. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the union. Um, and if you don't know who I am, I am Sarah Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Sarah Ciders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Jeansy Like. You can see the beard
2: is back. Um, I'm rocking <laughs> yes. the Flyers, Fire the Flyers playoff beard. So uh, I'm not really sure how long it's gonna last, um, but uh, yeah, way to go Union. Um, uh, it's, it's sort of exciting that we're semi starting the the show with with them um, in a way. Uh, actually, the probably the thing I'm most curious to learn about this week is was Dave's adventure going to actually see a Union game. So uh, I know you they, they were there for the home opener, but I'm producer Gene. You can find me there on uh, you can find me at that name on Twitter.
0: You can find the show in <laughs> Philadelphia. I'm gonna keep doing this bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I um, I had purchased one of those uh, four pa- New Year's four packs, uh, and I was being a like really annoying nudge to the Union ticket office, trying to find out like, hey, can we get to a game? I got a lot of baseball games I'm going to. The kids got Little League. I want to figure out like a game that will work on our schedule and. Take like they the whoever was working the chat. Uh, actually, I I know his name. I probably won't. I just won't divulge it here. But it was really great, um, really helpful. Uh, super super guy. Uh, called me out of the blue on Friday night and was like, "Hey, we got a bunch of cancellations for the home opener." Probably because it was supposed to rain the entire time. Uh, you know, would you uh, would you be interested? And I was like, you know, sure. Uh, let's let's try it out. So um, you know, I got my tickets for the for the home opener, which was awesome. Um, I will say, my experience there it was is very different from going to Citizens Bank Park. Uh, it's a lot. There's a lot more COVID related restrictions going to Subaru Park uh, than, than it is going to Citizens Bank. Um, so just, just for those that are interested in going to a union game, they will be taking your temperature uh, when you go through the gates. Um, it is a wrist temperature, uh, so it's really not that big of a deal. But if you have a 100.4 uh, or higher, you will have to go to a cool-down area uh, for 15 minutes, and then they will take your temperature again. And if it's still at 100.4 or above, you'll be, uh, you won't be allowed into, into the park. Wait, I need to know more about this cool-down area. Like, are there fans? Is there like <laughs> this thing? Is it like the game the system? No, I didn't uh, I didn't get to experience it. But base, But from what my understanding was, it's just like, <laughs> go stand over there for 15 minutes and we'll take your temperature again. It wasn't like uh, misting fans or, uh, you know, ice-cold Coca-Colas for you to drink <laughs> or anything like pickle that. Pickle juice. Yeah. Maybe some pickle juice. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm surprised that it wasn't like one of those things where I guess they're what they're trying to mitigate is if you're sprinting with excitement and joy towards the gate and maybe you get your body temperature up they're like look we understand you're excited that you need to be inside <laughs> the park but if you could just cool down yeah. for a few minutes or, or like maybe
0: right. you're just you know uh, your heart's racing walking through Chester uh <laughs> well, you know
2: <laughs> I have to say I would probably be in danger because I just run hot so
0: <laughs> <Gene> <laughs> uh, there, there is uh, there is like one way walking uh roped off so you know you, you go clockwise around the stadium and on one side and counterclockwise on the other um so that was that's different than citizens bank and um uh the the last thing which was you know sort of i, I will say it's kind of stupid to even try it uh you're supposed to be you're supposed to be dismissed at the end of the game by sections. Uh, so they say after the game, please remain seated, and uh, and uh, we will call your section to leave uh, leave the facility. Everyone was just like f this, and they got up and left. So there wasn't you know <laughs> what are can you do? I tried that once
1: in fifth number? grade
2: and got detention.
0: <laughs> What's that?
2: I said I tried that once in fifth grade and I got detention. You're supposed to wait until you're yeah. Well, your they, there's nothing they could do
0: with. Uh, several thousand people so they yeah. need to import some nuns
1: bring in some <laughs> nuns <laughs> they'll they'll straighten that out <laughs> yeah if either
2: yeah. if if you don't behave you can kneel on these bibles until half time yeah it was a I
0: mean, <laughs> it was a good game Uh, the, the union were up one nothing and then they kind of um saw that lead kind of disappear towards the end of the second half and they they lost two on but you know it was fun it was a good night the rain held off everyone was happy you know for the most part although they didn't win it was it was a good time God. highly recommend union games they're fun
2: so uh, what did you think of like seeing a professional soccer game did you think that it offered you more than what you get on TV
0: yeah yeah i do it's the the uh, it's one of those sports where the good seats aren't great uh we were like four rows off of the pitch um but we were in a corner so you really couldn't see and the union just scored um, you really couldn't see what was going on at the other end of the field. So you kind of just like go, okay, you you kind of watch the field and the Jumbotron, which was showing the game live, uh, to kind of get like perspective on like what's going on, where where it is. And uh, so that, that was cool. It, I mean, it was really neat to see like corner kicks from like down on field level. It was pretty neat. And uh, yeah, Andre Blake is just... Just incredible. Um, and now they go back to the CONCACAF tournament tonight, and they're playing in Atlanta, and they just took a one nothing lead. Uh, Shabilko just scored off of a off of a set piece where they really were just under attack the entire first half. Um, and B- Blake made some just stunning saves. Yeah, check, check the highlights if you're not watching the game tomorrow morning because it's just, I mean, he's a inc- really underappreciated Philly athlete.
2: And this is the, the semifinal of the tournament?
0: I think it is, and I think fi- – uh, well, I think there's – I think it's the quarters. Right? I think it's okay. the quarterfinals. Yeah, and I think there's six MLS teams, or five MLS teams uh, that are left. left in, yeah. Really, it should be basically all MLS, but
2: – Well, who's all involved? Isn't it the, the Mexican Professional League, too, that, that, that plays in the <laughs> –
0: yeah it's I, from my understanding, it's North America. I don't know. I mean they may you may have Canadian, you may have like Jamaican you know like I don't know if the Caribbean has a a league or not, but I, I would think that they would be included.
2: and then they have to but they'd have to qualify.
0: They'd have to qualify. I don't know what leagues qualify or you know what it takes to qualify into it. I mean i'm I'm assuming that the union were invited because they were the supporter shield winners of the MLS.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's the, the top five finishers of the league that
0: make it in. Yeah, that would make sense. That's very similar to what goes on to the Champions League in Europe. Um, yeah, so. yeah, hey, well,
2: look at us. Leading with football <laughs> it has
0: nothing to do with the Eagles. For like the second, uh, the second time in three weeks. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just happy. a little quirky enough to get into my intro. And since we are recording
1: this and streaming this live, uh, I'll give an update. The Flyers just tied it up. I'm falling on the grenade and watching the most meaningless game uh, of the <laughs> evening.
0: <laughs> Gene, let us know when the Phillies tie it up. And then uh, we'll do, I have uh, no
2: access at the moment. I, I, The only thing I can watch is you two. So uh,
0: <laughs> I have, wah, you have wah. to feed we'll have the to information settle. to me. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Uh, well, let's get to it. Um I I titled this this episode for streaming purposes. The o- Odubel tolls for thee. <laughs> uh and Odubel Herrera, um you know whether you love it or hate it is is back in the lineup or uh, I don't know is he playing tonight? He was back in the lineup yesterday. He played yesterday. He yeah, is playing tonight. Odds, but... He is. And he is um, did nothing, correct?
2: Last night he did not get uh get a hit, um, but he did make a pretty decent play in the field to end the game. I thought. So he did contribute on
0: defense. i I mean, I'm sure Roman Quinn could have made that catch. Probably. Uh, All right. <laughs> so here's. So here's where. Here's the line in the sand, right? This is where, you have to you know either stick to your guns or, you know. Fold a little bit here. The Phillies, I believe, really did everything they could to avoid bringing up Odubel Herrera. And if any of these guys Hazley, Moniac, Quinn—was just bad, Odubel would still not be on the big club,
2: right? Yeah. But
0: because they are epically bad, like negative war bad. Um, the Phillies had like quote unquote no choice. I mean, you, of course, could choose to just press on with absolutely no productivity and just horrible center field play. Or you could say, okay, what what do we have left at our disposal? Okay, well, let's, you know, let's give a doable a chance. What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, if you're going to have him in your organization, which is a big if, um, you run the risk of having to play him you know if you can't just go we're going to leave him with the you know it's not the iron pigs it's the like practice squad or whatever you know we'll leave him off the big club but he's just there to keep union happy i or but he's on he's in your organization and I don't like it. I don't want to root for the guy. And I mean, I guess I'm I'm not rooting for the guy. I'm, I'm not really watching, but if you're going to give him another chance, you have to give him another chance. You know, if you are saying, well, he's still in this organization because he's been suspended and we need to give him a chance to redeem himself. If you mean that at all, you have to give him a chance. And I don't know if we've ever talked about before on the podcast. Um, I feel like we might. So forgive me if I'm being repetitive. But the idea of, you know, keeping an abuser out of the lineup, you know, isn't as cut and dry as it feels like. It feels like it's an easy thing to do. It's like this guy did something horrible. He's done. We're not going to pay him. We're going to we're going to you know keep him off our team potentially end his livelihood and facts tell us that's not good for the person being abused you now that's that's doesn't lead to to necessarily good things at home so so who are you protecting are you taking a moral stance and then going is it all for show are you trying to protect the victim and i'm talking in circles here because are you negotiating with terrorists are you going to go? Well, you know, oh, if we if we leave a dupe off the team, he's just going to be mad and and abuse his wife or girlfriend or I forget what their relationship is. You know, you know, we got to keep the abuser happy. Well, that's horrible. You can't, you can't you can't function that way. So it's the long story short is I hate it. Um, I wish we weren't in this situation, uh, but we are. So let's see what happens and let's let's hope there's some part of this dude that has been redeemed that he has made amends that he has done something to really merit another chance but i mean i don't know
0: well what is going on i mean when Vic, when michael Vic was brought in here um you he, know he served a, a prison sentence you know i, I don't know like I don't recall like how long or if it was like I think it was almost three years. Stint, I mean, and he was you know, therapy, donating money, going out and doing speaking engagements and all this stuff. Um, I I don't know what Adubel's doing, and I don't know what sort of debt he's paid other than serve an eighty-five game suspension and basically sit out a sixty-game season. And uh, you know, I don't know. uh you know i don't i don't want i don't want to watch him i don't want to cheer for this this guy um and i don't know what my feelings are going to be the first time he you know it's a tie game and he puts one in the seats i mean how how am i supposed to reconcile that as a fan of course i want the team to win um but you know like not like that for me i i don't i don't love it i Look, I, I saw you know I was at the game where Moniak hit a three run homer, and I thought it was pretty pretty cool, pretty exciting. I get that he, he may not be ready or the long term solution, but I'd rather have moments like that than the convert like the than the inverse where Odubel's putting one in the seats and and I don't know how I'm supposed to feel.
2: I will say this: um, if there are some positives to take away from this, it's that it has at least started. Probably some conversations in places where this issue doesn't come up nearly as seriously or as often as it should, even if it is in the context of, do you support somebody that would do this sort of thing to another person? Um, And it maybe will have you reflect on how you feel about people that treat their partners this way, whether it's somebody in your family, somebody that you know, or somebody that you root for on a baseball team. Um, I think that there was opportunities that have been missed here by not only the organization, but by maybe the player himself. Um, I don't know if the organization sort of was like, let's keep this quiet. Like, don't bring attention to it. Like, let's just sort of press on. But the organization itself, there was no reason why, even without having to specifically say why they were moving in that direction but why wasn't there some sort of a show of support whether it was financial or like whatever where they where they interacted with organizations that assist in dealing with domestic abuse um you're not going to convince me that there wasn't any lack of opportunity to go out into the community and outreach you know even if it was we held an auction with some Philly stuff to support <laughs> a domestic right. abuse you know i mean like how hard would that have been to have these guys that are going to be his teammates sign some balls sign some bats raise some money you know what i mean invite mm-hmm. some dignitaries you know what i mean like that to me they they do these things for charities and organizations that you know all the time why not use this opportunity to sort of show that, yes, we have this happen in our organization. This is our way, even if it's a small way, of trying to use this to put more positivity back into the community. I haven't seen anything like that. It doesn't mean that it's not going to happen eventually. Um, I feel like that would be the sort of thing where if I'm a fan of the Phillies, I can be like, well, at least I see the organization is not blind or ignorant to what the fans are experiencing. Because I really think that their most fans are conflicted in some way. I, I certainly wouldn't be the. I'm not the type of person that's going to come out and say like I would rather the Phillies lose than have this person on the team. That's not. That's not true. I don't want the Phillies to lose. I, I don't necessarily want to cheer for this particular player either. I would be perfectly fine if he never played on the team. I also yeah. don't fault the organization. They literally tried everything at least to a re- like they reasonably tried to progress through the season without having to bring this player up i'm hoping that this is not their permanent solution for center field i really hope that there is some point in the not too distant future where they are able to bring in a player who is clearly a step above him for a lot of reasons for one reason is that then he's no longer needed for another reason is then the team gets better Um, So that is something that I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for him to become obsolete. Um, I think that would be the best for everyone. Um, You know, he is not such a good player that I'm going to miss his productivity. He wasn't such a charismatic player that I'm going to miss his, um, miss him being on the team. Um, But I, I,
0: what what is
2: (laughs) needed to do something?
0: Let let, let me ask this. What is, what is good enough odubal play to make it worth the um I don't know, the moral soul selling that you have to do to get yourself to root for the team that to, to get to root for him. Right. So last year, you know, not last year, let's say 2019, you know, before uh all the stuff came out, he was hitting uh 222 with an on-base percentage of 288. Is that good enough play above what Hazley Quinn Moniac were giving you uh, to say, okay, yes, I will, um, I will, uh, I, I don't know, compromise my moral compass uh, to have a doable play with with those types of numbers?
1: Not for me. I don't know if there's a a number. I, I suspect that there isn't. Uh I... For for me, I would love to see some sort of contrition, some sort of uh, making of amends. I, and I don't know if I would believe it. You know, Gene, when you were talking, it's like, oh, the 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 team should do this or that or whatever efforts that'd be easy to do. And then part of me would look at it and go, oh, well, is this genuine? Like, do they care? Is it just just to buy good PR? And but they didn't they, even do many, that
2: though. But they aren't even no. looking at getting good PR. I think that's what's frustrating to me is like I, I would rather be saying like questioning whether it's genuine or not, rather than being like, where is it?
1: That's an excellent point. I 100 I percent agree. I that that is a conversation I'd much rather be having right now. Um but I I there there's not gonna be any level of production that's gonna make me like rah, 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 go, go, well, let do me, the
0: ball. let me kind of maybe I, I phrased the question wrong and I, I put it to, towards like you as opposed to what the Phillies, um, how the Phillies should feel about it. Look, obviously, you know, they, they said, okay, well, the center field play sucks. We're going on a road trip. Let's make this move now so we don't get like destroyed by the 11,000 fans that are going to be in the, if they even would, I don't even know. Uh, judging by Twitter, it's a tough call at this point. Uh, but uh, like, you know, if we come off the road trip and he's 0 for sixteen, do they say, okay, well this isn't worth it, then let's go back to what we were messing around with before, or do you think they'll press on and say, Okay, well, we'll look, look, we've we've ripped the band-aid off, let's just stick with it.
1: I I I'm more cynical. I think they've ripped the band aid off. You know, unless uh, unless there's another incident of abuse that comes to light,
0: which is not a non-zero. Over.
1: Oh no, no, and and notice how quickly I said that comes to light. You know, <laughs> you know, they, you know, abusers abuse. They do. I I wish that weren't the case, but nobody, very few people do something as awful as abuse their their wife, their spouse, their girlfriend, their whomever. And go like once was enough for me. No, it's 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 a problem. It's a compulsion. It's it it happens. So I think the the point you were getting at, Dave, is that they've already pulled off the band aid. You know the the negative press is not going to get worse. You know they've already you know suffered the brunt of it. I mean when he was called up, Glenn Mac now. Um, Said, well, he he's paid his dues. He's done whatever, you know. Let him get a second chance. I'm like, oh, like you said, Dave. What the hell did he do? But I think the <laughs> Phillies would be perfectly happy for any sort of production, you know, in center field, and they'd be perfectly happy for for any production out of the doable, and hope people forget about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well. You know, let's let's move on to like a brighter, a bright, a couple of brighter stories. Um, Matan, Maten, Nick Maten, Maten. Wh- where where did this guy come from?
2: He's a minor leaguer. He's a a triple A AAA guy. I think he came he was supposed to come through as a possible, I think maybe natural third baseman, and then got blocked by Alec Bohm. Um So yeah. I think he started moving around. Um, to some of the other parts of the infield, I don't think he's played. Has he played shortstop yet? I know he's put a lot of second base because Gene Segura is out. Um, right. But uh, there has been some conversations that they've. Well, yeah, of, he has
0: been playing shortstop because Bamboo Brad's been playing second base. Second base because Didi was also out for a while.
2: Okay. Yeah. So he 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 seems like he can probably field both middle infield spots, but, but can I think, he play
0: center field is the question.
2: Well, more interestingly, I think maybe at this point is they've been setting him out. Pre-game with an outfielder's glove. I really think that they might be looking at him more at um, left, trying to k- keep him in the lineup and left. I think that we are not far away from, if not uh, a, a very serious reduction in Andrew McCutcheon's play uh, play time, but um, like maybe a full platoon where you'll see where he won't he won't hit against left-handed pitching at all um, or right-handed pitching. I guess. Yeah, he's a right Right, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I think so, that, that that's what they're saying is that he's in a, he's basically in a platoon now with Brad Miller.
2: Right. Well, because Brad is producing and, and Andrew McCutcheon just just isn't. I, I tend to believe that McCutcheon is been in the game long enough and he's only 34 years old, that he will be able to work himself out of whatever is going on. Um, it is if small sample size. I think that he's a professional baseball player, been doing it long enough, he'll figure out how to how to be productive again. Will he have MVP? Touch is only
1: 34?
2: Yeah, he's only 34. Yeah, it feels like he's been in the league for a long
1: time. But I think he came in the league in 20 or 21.
2: Um, And he's had some mileage on on his body. So, um, yeah, but he's not, like, to the point where, you know, you have to remember, you know, guys like Pete Rose and stuff played into their mid-40s. It's not unheard of for some of these professional athletes to be able to to work out some things and and be able to still stay productive well into their 40s. I wish that the NL for these sorts of things had a DH because then you could sort of keep people's bats in the lineup but not necessarily have them in the field. I think that's sort of the other thing that's happened with Andrew McCutchen. What? Well, I and mean, what, what bat? more to the point is he's also his defense has become a liability. You could keep uh, him in the right. lineup to work it out, but you know what also not to have to have him in left field.
0: Yeah, him and Brad Miller are like Tweedledee and Tweedledum out there with the play. I mean, and it's funny because if you listen to the broadcast on the radio today, they brought it up. It's like, yeah, they're not getting errors charged to them, but it's just it's
2: because they're not getting anywhere near not the ball. good
0: play either. I mean, yeah. they're getting favorable scoring decisions and things like that, but it's just not good outfield play. Yeah, you're and, not getting you know, errors, for-
2: but you're not getting errors because you're nowhere near the ball to to make a play on it to screw it up. You know what I mean? You're just not where you're supposed to be. That should be an error. It is an error mentally. But it's not it's not charged with an error. But um, yeah, I mean, thankfully, there's been other parts of the lineup right now that are sort of keeping the Phillies at five hundred. Um, if they were to be clicking all at once, there's a chance that this team could be gaining some ground. Nobody in the NLE seems to want to really step out and be be the guy right and now. And this is what
0: I said. This is what I said like a couple of weeks ago. Everyone's going to be five hundred at the end of the month. And, and probably everyone's going to be 500 at the end of May, and then things are going to warm up. Offenses are going to get going, and then we're going to see really what what it's all about. And we have a compromised bullpen right now. Also, did you know we have the worst bullpen ERA in Major League Baseball again?
2: Well, <laughs> I, I just feel like I just nothing ever changes. Maybe that's that's just how I feel now. It's
0: just yeah. I think warm. it's like five. It's up to five and change now after the the massacre in Colorado.
1: I have to interrupt real quick, though. For me, I believe that we have the worst bullpen um, statistically in Major League Baseball, but it feels so much better than last year. (laughs) I don't know why, but it... Give it time. Give it time. I'm not saying it was healthy. I'm not saying it was a good Uh, thing. I'm just saying that it doesn't feel like an instant loss. It doesn't feel like, well, we're into the bullpen. That was fun. Well, we, lost know. Two big, we
2: lost two like key pieces pretty early and I think a lot of these inflated stats have come since you know we Is lost David
0: two- Robertson coming back
2: oh God I hope not <laughs> talk about a terrible contract um yeah but I mean it, there are some positives we can talk about with the Phillies right a couple of things um Reese Hoskins as of last night I don't know if it's changed today is leading the entire, all of Major League Baseball in home runs uh, with eight and then a multitude at seven. Uh, And Bryce Harper, I don't know. I mean, the guy just gets on base. I mean, the guy has been scorching hot. Uh, He's had a couple multi-home run games, um, a couple of like, you know, three for three games with a walk. Um, He's just being as advertised right now. And I think that Really, your 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 three, four, five hitters are sort of what's keeping you. Uh, or three, fours. Where is where is Hoskins batting in the lineup? right two. now?
0: Oh, he's batting two. So you're two, three, four. Well, he has been. I don't know where he's at anymore.
2: Yeah, but he usually yeah, bat pretty three, consistently three. too. Yeah. yeah. So two, three, four have been really been what's been producing for you. And if you could get anything out of like, I mean, right now you're like basically going like eight, nine, one as three outs. You know what I mean? It's it's terrible. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the leadoff, man. I think we sort of said you might see O'Dubal go there. I was hearing on the radio yesterday a lot of people advocating for putting Harper at the leadoff spot so that he could get the extra at bat. Um, I don't like the idea where you're going to not have him be able to have as many RBI opportunities. I think that that's more important for where he
0: hits. Well, how often is in the first inning Harper comes up and uh, McCutcheon and Hoskins are on base? It's like, not, never. It's not, like, never. Because Reese is mean, either striking actually, out or hitting a home long
2: run. He has this season, but, you know, his, on base, he was a pretty good on-base guy. But I was more yeah. thinking of, uh, like, if you've got, eight, you've got the eight hole in the pitcher in front of Harper, it, it's going to be even less that you're going to see him with guys on base.
0: Yeah, but, I, I guess you're right. I, I, well, and for me, it's just so – it, it's
1: so antithetical to – to to baseball logic, you know,
0: <laughs> Coonrod just came into the game. Never
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> do you not catch that reference? I did not. Didn't you ever watch uh, Thundercats?
1: I oh, I did, I did. Yeah,
2: yeah. Coonrod is Moombra. <laughs> <laughs> <In my head. laughs> No, he is now kunrad the ever-living.
1: <laughs> so, so, like, Mumra? This is a really exactly.
0: obscure fan group uh, where yeah. we all dress up like Mumra. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Like, skinny, like, pre-transformation both.
2: Mumra? I think you have to or have the like, Yeah. Yeah. Both.
1: Okay. <laughs> Depending on your physique. <laughs> uh, but... Um,
0: so oh, uh, is your train of thought uh interrupted?
1: It was by it this was, very
0: strange tangent.
1: Yeah. Um also I flipped on the fill so I was watching uh the Cardinals extend their lead. But um yeah, Harper and Hoskins have been real bright spots, um, especially Reese. I mean, Harper, you know, Gene, you, you said. You know, he's been living up to expectations or, or, or you know, truth and advertising or some phrase like that. But right. and he has, but he's been pretty damn consistent since he's he's been here. Yeah. And Reese, oh. I love him, but he's very streaky. And I still think he's very streaky. But my God, this streak he's on now is so much fun to watch. And. Just seeing that that confidence when he approaches the plate, you're just waiting to see what happens next. You're just waiting to see, okay, is he going? How many is he going to hit tonight? So that's that's been a lot of fun. Um,
2: I think streaky. I, I think that what I, I felt with him last year, and you know, to a certain degree, there's a difference between streaky and looking lost. And there were times yeah. where it looked like he either had the wrong approach or no approach. Um, right now he's being real aggressive. He's jumping on pitches. And um, I think that he could sort of adjust back maybe to being a little bit more, uh, you know, if he starts to feel like he's, he's, he's he's you know, to get out of a slump or something, he could change his approach up and start taking more pitches again. He was always good at getting on base. He was always good at getting his walks, um, which I think is why he's a perfect, you know, has made it all the way up to, to where he is. There's a lot of guys that can hit the ball hard, but they strike out a thousand to one ratio. Um, We saw a guy that was in the organization uh, last week with uh, Darren Ruff, who uh, is out in San Francisco now. That's a guy who can run into seven fastballs a year. But, you know, do you want a guy who's going to strike out 400 times and hit you eight home runs? They may be 500 foot home runs, but, you know, he's just not, ever going to be a guy that's going to be able to get you much else
0: but um, but reese reese has been he's a notorious count worker and you know he's had you know seasons of 100 plus walks for sure and i think pitchers now are saying like well, okay well that's it we're not gonna we're not gonna give him free passes anymore and hoskins is adjusting and saying okay well I, i'm gonna swing then if you're not gonna throw balls and then you know he hits homers so right so, you might
2: see it sort of become the chess match where, yeah, May, which is just going to be, it's going to be who's going to catch up faster. Well,
0: it's I mean, it is a game of, you know, over 162 games, you're going to have a lot of those phases of adjustments. And, uh, you know, Nick Mayton's seeing that now. He's seeing a ton of breaking pitches anymore. And he's just not able to groove those fastballs anymore. He's a low strikeout, a low strikeout guy from his time in the minors, but, you know, it's a different story in the major leagues. So we'll see how those adjustments go. Any uh, anything else Phillies worthy we needed to talk about? Check my notes here. Oh, I do. There was a tweet that I wanted to um, float by you guys to see what you thought. Um, Liz Rozier from Yahoo Sports uh, and formerly of the Good Fight tweeted: uh, "The Phillies are in year four of." we're serious about competing now. No, really yet. Everything they do feels like there's still a team emerging from the darkness of a rebuild, different managers, different regimes, but it all feels the same. Like there's been zero progress. Do you, uh, do you feel like it's been zero progress? That's a good question. It's,
1: it's not the progress we want. It's, it's a very, it's a, damning assessment and i i was inclined to disagree but the more i think about it i i don't think there's been zero progress but i'm hard pressed to put my finger on the progress that has been made
2: yeah i think it's pretty clear that um they haven't really like hit the right button um i think Personally, what the what the what the issue is is that they they keep trying to maybe do what they think is the 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 easy decision to get competitive fast, and really their their problem is much deeply much more deeply rooted. And I mean, and it, it's maybe the problem that's been the Phillies the entire history of their franchise is that they do not grow from within successfully. And when they have in their past, they've won World Series championships. You know what I mean? When they've been able to home grow their core and then sort of bring in auxiliary pieces from the outside, they've been able to – because baseball takes time. You have to have – you know, in 08, it was the culmination of a, of a team growing together and figuring it out, Um same thing in 80 when you had the late 70s runs where it was a team that grew together and figured it out. Um, The only way you can do that is to have guys sort of come into their primes at the same time together. You know, I'm hoping that by keeping JT and uh, Bryce together right now sort of in their prime and maybe Reese Hoskins is starting to emerge – uh, maybe you can sort of lock your way into something similar, but you had to pay a lot of money to Bryce Harper and J.T. Romuto to get that sort of ingredient rather than have it sort of grow with from within where you're adding a Bryce yeah, Harper. Yeah, of,
0: of course, and that's why these guys like, you know, Boehm really needs to be the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, we really need a couple more of those guys to – um to emerge and say like yeah you're you're an actual you're an actual piece here i mean you think about and this is why i kind of wanted to talk about this tweet because i feel like a couple of years ago we were in this uh okay Reese um JP Crawford uh, Jorge Alfaro uh, Roman Quinn there was some other Dude, that was like an outfielder that was supposed to be some hot shit. And, and, and you know, and nothing like nothing like Reese's something, uh, but everything else was like nothing. We were a million guys away from being a couple of guys away. Now, I think we actually are closer. But but the the one thing. The one thing, and yeah, Moniac and Hazley have been very disappointing, but Mo- Moniak's still super young, though, I think. I think. There's still time for Moniac. Hazley's a little bit weird. He's more of a professional hitter now than Moniac is, um, and hopefully he comes back soon, and we get to see you know, a, a little bit more of him and what he can do. Um, but I think the organization really got, like, put, you know, regressed to the Stone Age with Clentac. If Clintac yeah. was never hired and we actually hired a professional GM with baseball experience, a baseball guy with baseball experience who hired a manager with baseball experience, uh, we would be a lot further ahead than we are now. And I think that was the one huge mistake in this whole like rebuild moving into where contenders was that GM move.
2: And I think that um, the other thing that we're sort of experiencing in other teams, probably to a same degree, but because we were already so far behind the eight ball, I mean, the last season and a half, uh, maybe we, we have not really had the same sort of development that you would have. You, there has been no minor league games competitive system. They're at an alternate site basically doing extended spring training. There is nothing that really – the reason why baseball has had the minor league system for as long as it has is because it works. There is a way that you can develop players through that system of competition because they're all competing for the jobs of getting to the big show. It's not necessarily about rings in AAA, but it is about you know, jumping off the page and making yourself uh, marketable and, and, and appealing – to the big club to come and help. And, uh, you know, maybe Moniak with a full season last year under his belt, maybe he does become more of a realistic option in center field. Maybe, you know, maybe Mayton would have seen a lot more curveballs in AAA last year. Um, who knows? But they need to figure out a way to get some younger players. They need to figure out a way to scout in other places like Japan and in Latin America they need to figure out a way if you can't get them drafted out of high school and get them into your system where you can get them, um, you know, within four to five years, you better figure out a way to get like into winter ball in the Dominican Republic and
1: find a diamond in the rough. But, you know what I mean? But Gene, it, Gene, is it too late for that? You know, it's we're, we're, if we can't call up people from the farm system now, like, it, it's too late to plant crops to, to mm. torture the farm analogy. You know, it's time to harvest is now, you know, and... Yeah, but I mean, you, if you around...
2: don't plant at some point, you're never going to have a crop. Like, they really need to yeah, but I'm, be working it. I,
1: and I I don't disagree. That's the right way to do it. But, it, you know, we've spent... The, the Phillies have spent a lot of money to win now. And can you really take that step back to go?
0: Yeah. Cause it takes you know, four, five years to develop a player. Yeah. So it's, if you're talking about like three or four, unless they're all coming from the same draft, you're going to have a timing issue with, you know, players like JT and um, you know, Wheeler and Nola and, and things like that, you know, Chris Dunn here makes a, makes a, uh, in eagles analogy so but and i you know <laughs> a little tongue and cheek there but the 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 philosophy is the same are you listening to your scouts are your scouts bad or are you not listening to them and from i don't know i get the sense that they listen to they hear the scouts but they don't listen to them and they really want to deal with analytics and you want to be they want to be this trendy like, we're the Oakland A's kind of thing. We're playing money ball here and all that stuff. And, you know, it's just like, well, why don't you listen to your scouts every once in a while and just pick the obvious player?
1: Yeah. I, I don't know how much analytics works when you're looking at high school kids. You know, it's, you know, it, someone's production could be a, as much a product
0: as the pitching their face. Yeah, well, who knows? It could be looking at, launch angles and i yeah. don't know prorated exit velo I, who the hell knows
1: well i think analytics best translates to baseball because it's the most the the events are the most insular you know you have a batter you have a pitcher something happens pause next pitch something happens pause next pitch you know it's really easy to break it down into its smallest parts but does that does that replace the eye test of a scout to go
0: look at that kid's mechanics? You know, yeah. I, I, I still just think if 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 the clintac thing didn't happen, we'd be in a much a much better place right now. We got about ten minutes left. I want to talk about a couple of flyers points um, before we close. And Sarah, sure. I wanted to talk about this last week. We ran out of time. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Is the issue with the Flyers lack of accountability at the tippy-tippy top? Like, w- with no Ed Snyder anymore and, you know, the the googly Comcast monster uh, running the, the, the Flyers. And I heard this point brought up, like, are they more concerned with gritty and marketing and TV money and things like that than they are about putting a quality hockey team on the ice and winning a fucking Stanley cup for this goddamn city.
1: I, I don't agree with the last point just because it, to make the flyers a good investment, they have to win. They have to win. The reason why you'd want to buy the flyers when Comcast did is because they made the playoffs every year. They were sold out all of the time. And gritty is great and all, and the theme nights are great and all, but they don't replace this this winning culture, this you know losing is unacceptable culture that that kept fans loyal throughout the years. And the the loss of Ed Snyder is, is palpable. You know, it's at the very least, I don't have confidence that losing is unacceptable. You know, when Ed Snyder was alive, you would never go, well, no one in the Flyers organization cares. You know, somebody cares. Somebody cares very much, has probably been fined by the league for what he said about referees. You know, is going into that locker room, is is making a scene in the stands. Ed Snyder cared. And the buck stopped with him. Um
0: right so who who says who evaluates if Chuck Fletcher's doing a great job Dave Scott? I guess so yeah because Chuck
1: Fletcher is not just the GM, he's also the president you know and
0: but I feel like I feel like if there's a decision to like decisions at this point will be cost benefit analysis over this is what's best for the team.
1: He, I, I kind of agree, but I think what's, you know, your cost-benefit analysis is going to say winning is best, and, but, but there's there's no safety net, Dave. You're right. There is no Ed Snyder to go screw it. We will operate at a deficit for five years. I want to win my damn cup. Right. You know, there's, there's there's nobody in the organization to say that. Hopefully, it's Chuck Fletcher. And this year is so hard to evaluate. It really, really is. And people are talking, uh, Chuck Fletcher is not going to do things. And, you know, he just wants to stay the course. And there's just no reason to believe that yet. We have no proof that he's going to make dramatic changes, but there's no reason to believe that he's just going to sit on his hands.
0: You know, I mean, I guess it's a time will tell. I just think it was an interesting. Theory. No,
1: it's it, I don't know if it's an interesting theory but it's a very real fear of mine. You know, I can be rational, I try to be level-headed, I try to bring a lot of perspectives, but the fact that when Ed Snyder was around, you knew that losing was unacceptable. You knew that that somebody was holding the team accountable to this Flyers culture and why did we all love Elaine Vino when he came in? How did he win the city over? It was that behind the scenes video where he told his players, be a fucking flyer. Right. Well, I mean, look at the team this year. Yeah. Outside of the veterans, you know, a couple handful of veterans, who's being a fucking flyer? These guys are coming up short. And when Snyder was here, you would go, all right, that's going to change. Either these guys are going to get their act together or they're going to spend way too much money or too much assets to bring in Chris Pronger to get the best free agent, to do, to do something that it may be stupid. It might be bad for the long run, but damn it, the short run, the Flyers are going to be. Well, if it's
0: an issue, it's a major issue because the Flyers will never be a privately owned entity probably ever again.
1: No, they won't. But I do think, you know, Comcast doesn't lose money. You know, they're they're not in this to to lose no, money. No, and I
0: do think that they would prefer. I, I mean, they obviously would prefer the Flyers win the Cup. I mean, you're talking about an organization that's you know, uh, you know, put a, a little Billy Penn on top of their buildings. Yeah, <laughs> uh, to to lift no, curses and things like that. You know, so I mean they. Uh, I do believe that, like Comcast, cares about the city of Philadelphia and mm-hmm. w- wants them to do well. I just don't know that they're willing to do like everything necessary.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it's something that's been in the back of my head since shortly after Ed Snyder died. Mm-hmm. Um, was that they almost need like the Flyers chairman? You know, Chairman yeah. Ed Snyder. That was always his title. Just go like, hey. You know, Holmgren retired. I think Holmgren kind of was that 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 torch And hopefully it can be Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he cares, you know, has enough of a hockey sense and a sense of history to go, hey, you can carry the torch, Red Snyder. Maybe it's his team president. You know, maybe you're not gonna be GM forever, but somebody to go, unacceptable, reboot, do whatever you have to win. And hopefully, I'm hoping that they're going to find a team president. Hopefully it's Chuck Fletcher. If it's not Chuck Fletcher, hopefully it's somebody else to go win at all costs, you know, ha- have some damn pride, you know, I hope it's uh, all I can do is hope right now. Cause this, right. there's just too much unknown.
0: All right. Let's end on a little happier note. Uh, Claude Giroux moves into number three, uh, all time, uh, mm-hmm. points in flyers history. What is, what does this mean?
1: Um it it it's a nice signal for to show to the the common fan or the Giroux doubter, not necessarily the Giroux hater, but to show to the the fans where the Flyers are the fourth favorite team out of the four majors (laughs) in Philly, you know, or they watch the playoffs only or only watch when they're good, it's a nice little touchstone to go. Hey, just so you know, Giroux is really good. You know, you can see his place in history at number three. And the fact that, you know, being second all time in points, provided he's here next year, is going to happen next season. Right. You know, um, he added another goal tonight in a losing effort. The Flyers ended up losing six to four. Um, Yeah, I know. But, but. It's, it's a really nice touchstone. It, it's a it's an, a moment for people to hopefully appreciate Giroux. And maybe, you know, outside of the diehard, outside of the people who love Giroux like I do, that you can go, oh, get a little more perspective that this guy is really good. He is something special. He is a big, big part of Flyers history.
0: Yeah, I mean... It's not all about championships, especially in a sport like hockey or you know, really any team sport. Sometimes you're just sort of a product of your environment and the players and the pieces that are put around you. And I, I know, like, I I poke fun at Drew all the time. Actually, it's probably poking more fun at you, Sarah, than
1: I am. You're any. poking fun at me. Yeah, you know, um, you're torturing me. For, <laughs> for those who don't know, it, it pops up occasionally on the show, but I cannot... Like, send a text or a chat or whatever about Giroud without Dave immediately saying something snarky. It happened right before recording tonight. <laughs> right before recording tonight, Giroud got another goal, and Dave, without missing a fucking beat, goes, Oh, yeah, put him in the net now that the season doesn't matter. Yeah, Despite meaningless games, he
0: fills it up. Yeah, <laughs> which is totally unfair because he's scored plenty of high profile goals. Uh, in oh, yeah. key situations in Flyers history. I mean, he, so, he
2: literally won a Stanley Cup finals game in overtime
0: with a goal. Yeah, I mean, I, to be intellectually honest, like I recognize that he's an all-famer and an all-time great Flyers. So, um, It's really just, just like a bunch of needling. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you definitely can have a fame player on your team and not win a championship. And um, it's just unfortunate. You know, it's unfortunate that he was wasted. Yeah, it's – Regardless of what
1: happens next, there is a, a the Flyers have to win a cup before Giroud retires, yeah, and but... oh, they might. But it's not it's not how it felt last year. Last year it felt like we are the window is open. Yeah, you know there's a real shot that this can happen before his career is over. Now I have no idea what this offseason is going to bring.
0: So yeah, next year is going to be like super like, like what an interesting year next year is going to be. I don't even. Not like, only
1: next I, year. I, I said before the year after next, because if the fires make the playoffs next year, let's say they even go to the Eastern conference finals. Well, they make the playoffs every other year. That's not anything new yet. Gotta make the playoffs two years in a row. So next year is only going to show us that even if they're great if they don't win the cup or make the Stanley Cup finals Stanley Cup final it, it doesn't show us that much cuz that's the good year you know it's like your even number star treks you know <laughs> in, in your even number years the flyers are good in the odd numbers they're bad hey well before, i'll tell you what
0: wait wait wait, what. wait
2: before we do it before we do that real quick <laughs> gun to your head what position do you guys want to draft do the eagles draft on on thursday
0: Oh my Not God. Not a player.
2: What position?
1: I have no hearts. I think it's just there's so many needs on this team. It's
0: best available. Wide receiver. Just get it right.
1: Yeah.
2: I think, Gene, I think you're going to go with cornerback.
0: I like, I really don't even care what position they draft. Just, just get it right. Just don't miss. Yeah. You know? You or, think
2: they stay at 12 or do you think they move up?
0: I don't know if they're gonna move up. They might move back.
1: Honestly, I'd prefer them to move back. If they could move back and pick up, you know, more assets. It could be a full tank year. I would I'd be I'd be happy with a full tank year. A full tank year done well, I, I'd be happy with. Let us let's, let's take a breather and, and try to do it the right way. The the Eagles have their Super Bowl, you know. And it's not like uh, we're wasting Carson wasting Carson Wentz's prime. He's not here anymore. Jalen's young, so let's take a step back and do it right. I'd like
0: that. Well, let's not waste any more of our prime and go to penalty box. All right, to nice. throw it right back you like to you. Oh, right, I love that. That I'm working great. on it. I, but I thought that would be okay, the all five flyers in the penalty box. Love. Yep. Yep, that that was that
1: made me happy. And uh, Dave, what makes you happy or unhappy? Who is in your penalty box tonight?
0: <laughs> did anyone watch the Oscars on Sunday? I I, I did could. not. No. Look, all right. So, <laughs> I, my favorite category in the Oscars is the animated film category, and I'm you know I Sarah knew I was. Probably gonna go here for the for this one. Now, last year, so two years ago, when Into the Spider Verse won, I was over the moon. Like that movie was incredible. I, th- I I felt like it should have been nominated for Best Picture, not just Best Animated. And I think the year before was Coco. Um, or it might have been two years before, but Coco, I think. Is maybe the greatest animated film of all time, in my opinion, and I, I thought that should have been nominated for best picture. But then some weird stuff started happening, and last year when Toy Story four uh, beat uh, Klaus, uh, Netflix's uh, like Christmas movie, that to me was an abomination, and um, and should never have happened because Toy Story four is basically uh, you know an hour long. Uh, Disney family special that got extended into a full-length film and in my opinion it was horrible It should never even been made. It was a tight trilogy. Anyway, whatever, whatever, whatever Should have never won Best Animated. Should have never won an Oscar for Best Animated Picture This year, uh, Pixar's Soul uh, won uh, Best Animated Picture over Uh, I don't even know who would have been in second place, but I felt that um, Cartoon Saloon's Wolfwalkers uh, should have won. I believe that the Academy does not even watch these films anymore and just automatically gives them to Pixar. Anything that is nominated that is a 2D hand-drawn movie is basically spit upon in our society anymore. And there's some great, 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 Uh, work being done in the field of 2D animation. It's still a beautiful art form. You can still tell an amazing story. And if you have Apple TV, please, please, please check out Wolfwalkers and check out Cartoon Saloon because they've done some incredible animated films over the years that just don't get the recognition because it's not computer generated, Pixar, Disney regurgitated crap. Now I will say, the piano, the animation of the piano playing in Seoul is, is pretty incredible, but it's really not just all about how a movie looks. You have to look at the entire package and the entire story that is being told. And Walkers is hella cool. Please, please, please check it out. So I guess I'm putting Academy voters into the penalty box. So there we go.
1: Uh, all right. Academy voters, You're obsessed with 3D in Pixar, appreciate a lovely Irish studio that makes lovely 2D films. Academy voters, you're getting a double minor for not appreciating 2D. Gene, who is in your penalty box? So um, in my penalty box
2: is sort of a force of nature, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, (laughs) So people are coming out of their houses now. I'm getting out more, walking the neighborhood, walking the hood. And um, I have to (laughs) say, and maybe I'm a little bit biased because it, it truly did set back the lady in my life with a horrible allergy attack, but I'm sick and tired of fucking pollen, man. Like the fucking coat of yellow dust that sits on my car... It's just an illustration of all of the shit that's in the air that I have to inhale. Um, I I like being able now that the CDC has told me that if I want to go on a walk on my own, I don't have to wear my mask. But you know what? Today I kept my mask on because I didn't want to breathe in the goddamn pollen. So, tree reproductive organs, I'm putting you
1: in the the penalty box. All right. So... If you're a tree and you want to perpetuate your species, Gene's got a problem with you. <laughs> tree pollen, get the hell out of here. You're making Gene sneeze. Uh, a two-minute minor for mucking up the air with your tree spooge. <laughs> Sarah, who's in your penalty box? Well, it's a it's... It's a night for non-sport penalty box um, people, and tonight I'm going with one I knew you guys would not pick, and
0: it has to do with bronies. Are you guys familiar with bronies? Yes, this is grown men who enjoy My Little Pony. I watched a documentary on it. Oh, I... Up until recently, I would have been interested
1: in checking that out. My history <laughs> yeah. with bronies—is uh, is it too
0: late to edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> There's
1: no editing now. We, it's just it is now. Yeah. Um, no, no. When, when it comes to bronies, I heard of them. I I heard that there was this you know adult male um, population that really liked the new version of My Little Pony. It's not new anymore. It's off the air. Actually, a friend of the show um, uh, was a, a writer and a editor, um, um, story editor uh, on the show for a while, and it's actually a really good show. Um, my family didn't, um, but didn't start watching it until the pandemic, and before that, you know, I think I watched one episode with the kids, and it was fine. But after really watching, it's actually very charming, very witty. So I could go, you know, what these bronies I heard of. They're fine, you know. They, they they make sense that an adult could like this show. And then the other day, there was the the shooting at the Federal Express um, building, and apparently the shooter was a Brony, um, obsessed with My Little Pony, had plenty of mental issues. There are a lot of things there, but this isn't about that. What it was was that someone was calling out Bronies. For not keeping the Nazis off of their websites. Apparently, Nazi bronies have been a big issue for a while. Nazi and Nazis. Yes, Nazi bronies was a known about issue in the My Little Pony community.
0: Bronies? <laughs> Maybe
1: bronies. But... A lot of scolding of, nope, if you run a brony website and you turn a blind eye to Nazis, you run a Nazi brony website. (laughs) And I swear to God, I knew that there was a movie coming out. And I was just like, hey, when's this movie coming out? And I'm bombarded with Nazi brony shit. So for the bronies, especially the Nazi bronies, (laughs) why the fuck do you exist? Bronies, you used to get a pass. I used to think you're charming. But if you can't stop the Nazis from taking over the bronies, then maybe we shouldn't have bronies. So bronies and Nazis, and especially Nazi bronies, uh, you're getting a 10-minute game misconduct for for even existing. Not Na- Nazi bronies,
0: get the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, just like all Nazis. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, all of Whether Nazis, you like My Little Pony or not.
2: Nazi podcasters, Nazi bronies, Nazi Nazis.
1: All of yeah, them. I can think, go. I, I think I put Nazi bronies over regular Nazis, and I, pro, I should probably just put it all on one level. Just so all. Like, they're all bad. Yeah, any, any sort of Nazis. Uh, it's a controversial statement, but Potadelphia <laughs> is officially against Nazis. So. <laughs>
0: No Nazi well, babies. We didn't like, even need to talk about that. The for, for the show. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, that's definitely all the time we have for today. <laughs> uh, join us next week. We'll be recapping Eagles draft. Uh, more, uh, more, uh, more Phillies. The Sixers uh, still fighting for that for that one seed. And uh, oh man, was that Bucks Nets game? Uh, is that tonight, Gene? It's either tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah, so that's going to have huge, huge implications. But uh, it's really going to come down to the wire. Uh, So, yeah, we'll be back next Tuesday. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search. Potadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the whip around for all the week's weird news and be sure to follow the painted lines and check out the painted lines channel on YouTube for all your wall to wall Philly sports coverage until next week. Have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of (laughs) here.